with me to a very familiar psalm, Psalm 8. You can find it in the Pew Bible on page 450. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you were mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the, all, over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let us pray. Gracious God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may we see your glory, may we rejoice in your gift, and may we determine to live lives of steadfast gratitude and thankfulness in response to who you are and what you've done for us. And may this Psalter reading and my weak words contribute to that great end. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you've looked at the um, bulletin, uh, you see um, a title there, The Prerequisites of a Thankful Heart. And you might wonder, how in the world is this going to come out of Psalm 8? Well, um, when I got this assignment, what, am I going, what text am I going to use? And I sought something that I hadn't tried before. And Psalm 8 suddenly stuck in my mind. The prerequisite for a grateful thankful heart and mind would be the kind of attitude of David in observation of what's around him, above him, and what's around him, and what God has done. And so I titled it Prerequisites. But really that was a kind of a uh, publication deadline because I would modify that And now I think I would call it attitudes or characteristics of a thankful heart, of a grateful attitude. And in this short homily, I got three for you, hopefully all related to the psalm. First, a thankful heart recognizes the gift. If we're talking about thanksgiving, if we're talking about gratitude, we're talking about a giver 
and a gift. Gifts are not earned. A thankful heart recognizes the gift. First. Second. A thankful heart affirms the personal connection, personal bond between the giver and the recipient. Third, a thankful heart responds. So, first, a thankful heart recognizes the gift. Where do we see that in this psalm? Well, we don't see the word thanks. We don't see any, anything that could be translated gratitude or thankfulness. But what do we see? We see David observing the heavens above him and all things around him. Many is the commentator who said perhaps this, had, this psalm had its origins when he was a shepherd caring for those sheep and recognizing that he actually had some control over the beasts of the field that would wreck his sheep. We don't know exactly when and how, but what we can see here is that David was observant and if we're going to have thankful hearts, we have to stop, look, pay attention, and listen, and observe. There used to be a hymn sung about this when I was growing up. I haven't sung it. I didn't even choose it when I was picking hymns for 20 years. Count your blessings. But a few of you will know that song, that hymn. Count your blessings. Name them. One by one. The beginning of a thankful heart is observation. Paying attention to what's given. And what's given is both in word and in deed. In the promises of Holy Scripture and in the reality of our experience. That's the first characteristic of a thankful heart. The second one. The thankful heart affirms, rejoices in the personal bond between the giver and the recipient. How many of you work for wages or a salary? Do you thank the institution, the corporation that pays you? Maybe you do, but it's not real gratitude. Because it's not a gift. We're grateful for gifts. That's what thankfulness, that's where gratitude starts. It recognizes that which is given to us, but not earned by us. The attitude of a thankful heart affirms the personal connection. Am I thankful I'm an American? Well, yes. I'm, not, I'm, glad, I'm certainly glad I'm not a Ukrainian right now. But I'm not grateful 
to America for making me a citizen because America is not someone I can thank personally. If I worked for GM, it would be the same thing. But if some person gives you a gift, a thoughtful gift, an unearned gift, haven't you been taught from the age of my grandkids sitting here to say thank you? But you don't just say thank you. You observe the gift. You understand that this gift was given for your good, given to please you. And you rejoice in that relationship. In fact, the giving of the gift and, the and your receiving of it confirms and strengthens the relationship. And ultimately, what's more important than the gift is the connection, the bond. The attitude of the second attitude of a thankful heart is that that heart rejoices in the covenantal bond of a God who visits us, puny us, as the Psalm 8, is mindful of us and cares for us, the personal connection. In fact, this Psalm just echoes that personal bond. Look at the way it starts, look at the way it ends. And I'm going to give you a different translation. Yahweh, our master. Yahweh, our Lord, sovereign, our ruler, but beneficent ruler. The psalm begins that way and ends that way. The name God gives to his people to connect his actions with his promises to his covenant way back to Abraham. The name God is known by. And the, psal the psalmist starts there. And he says, Yahweh saving God, you're my sovereign. You're my Lord. You set all things in motion for me. That is part of a grateful heart to rejoice in that bond, that personal bond. Finally, a thankful heart rejoice, responds to the gift. Now, if you are given a beautiful gift and you immediately start to figure out well, how can I return the favor? What does that do to the donor in your mind? Are you saying that this is tit for tat? Or are you just letting the donor give something to you out of their goodwill? out of their desire for your benefit. 
And when you receive it that way, you honor the donor. Can we ever repay God for what he has done for us? The answer, obviously, from our theology is no. But do we behave that way? Do we not sometimes think we can give something back to God to more or less make things a little bit equal? As soon as you do that, you're not responding to a gift. You're treating the gift as an advance on your service. The grateful heart that recognizes the gift responds. But how does it respond? Well, it responds with words. Responds with thoughts and attitudes. It responds with action. It responds with obedience. It says, our Lord, my Lord. But above all, the grateful heart responds in worship. Yahweh, our master, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, awake us daily to reflect on to delight in your mercy, your gift to us, and preeminently that gift of your Son, who is the one who is really crowned with glory and honor through his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, and through whom ultimately we will rejoice with him in dominance, domination, dominion over the works of your hands as you recreate all things when the Lord Jesus comes back to claim us as his own. Strengthen us to look forward to that day. Enable us to rejoice and what's coming, even as we rejoice in your promise and what you've done. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.